You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode coming to you from Oklahoma City today with my guest, Matt Varghese, to talk about, I guess, I mean, Oklahoma City, some tech stuff, uh, travel, riding motorcycles. I mean, you've done a lot of cool flying now. (laughs) You've done a lot of cool stuff. But uh, starting off, when people meet you, what's the first thing that, like, you know, if they say, you know, who are you, what do you do, what do you tell them? Oh, man. That is actually a really hard question because I... (laughs) You do a lot of things. um, I kind of just vaguely say I work in tech and then hope no one else asks me any more (laughs) questions. Uh, And then I just shift the focus back to them. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't don't answer that question very directly, but I guess I will here. Um, uh, Yeah, I guess I... um, In the day, I run a company headquartered in Canada called 8020. Mm -hmm. Um, 8020 is essentially a, I call it a web development company, a software development company. Um, So it's headquartered in Victoria, Canada. And and that's how I spend my day, most of the day. Um, But like in my free time, like you said, I I love riding motorcycles. I am halfway through flight training, so hopefully I'll finish up in a couple months. Um, I love Oklahoma City. I just think it's the greatest city in the whole world. I actually wanted to wear my Oklahoma versus everybody hoodie today, but I forgot it at home. Uh, so yeah, that's just, that's me in my nutshell. Uh, why is the company based out of Canada? So before I ran 8020, I ran a company called Webster piece and I ran that for five years and I was headquartered here in okay. OKC. Um, and it was also a web design, web development company. Um, but about five years into it, um, you know, it evolved a lot and it got to a place where, I mean, it was my full-time job. I was in college at the time building it. Um, and then after college was done, I, I just kept, I just worked there full-time. Um, and in the fifth year, um, I met this guy named Andrew Wilkinson. Andrew is um, someone I really look up to from afar. He lives in Victoria, Canada. He's He runs a company called Tiny, which is like this, like, I'd call it a $1 billion plus private equity firm. Um, and it's super, uh, it's like a super cool company and it owns a lot of companies that I look up to. And so um, one day he tweeted uh, that he was looking for a web designer to build yeah. a site for him. And he's like, Andrew, Andrew, I think is like either at or near billionaire status. So he's just like doing like little silly projects in his free time. Yeah. And so this site was, uh, he has these bronze busts of Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger in his office, and he decided that he wanted to sell them to his other really wealthy friends. And so he had them mass produced, and then he was like, I want to build a site for this. And he sold them for $1,400 a piece, and people bought them. And But he needed someone to design the site. So I was just like, hey, this is like me. Like, I, I just shot my shot. Yeah. That's like my, my whole thing. And so um, I... We did the site, we did the whole deal over Twitter DMs, no contracts or anything, which is risky, but I was just like, nah, let's, let's do it, let's try it. Even if I got paid zero dollars, it'd be fun to work with someone yeah. I admire. Um, anyways, we hit it off, and uh, pretty much, long story short, five, five months after that, he was just like, hey, like, well, actually, that month, he was like, I'm starting a company called AD20, do you want to work there? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like, I got my own thing going, uh, but, like, I appreciate the offer. And he was like, why don't you just, like, contract for us in your free time? Um, and I was like, all right, fair. Like, I'll do that. So I contracted for a while. Five months later, CEO of that company steps down because he has a kid and he's agents, running an agency is a very, uh, every job is stressful, but I think it, this job will definitely take a toll on your time. And I think running a kid and uh, having an agency are two mutually exclusive goals. Um, so he stepped down. And so Andrew DM'd me on Twitter and he was just like, hey, can I buy your company? And like, will you just take over AD20? And uh, we actually did the whole, de- I didn't even talk to him on the phone. We did the whole thing over email, like negotiations, all that stuff over like a month. Uh, lawyers got involved all that stuff and then yeah we signed we signed like a, a month later um, 
and that's why 8020 is a Canadian company. It started as a Canadian company. Okay. Now it's got a weird mix of Canadian business owners and me. Yeah. You know, a guy that lives in Oklahoma. Um, so, wow. Yeah. Is it public record what you bought it for? Uh, it's not public okay, record. Okay, well, now. I'm not going to ask you what it, it is, then I'll ask you later. Okay. Uh, okay, so. That's how you okay. So that's how eighty twenty is in Canada. Yeah. Back up for me a little bit. Where do you go to college, and why did you get into tech? Yeah. So I went to the University of Oklahoma. Okay. Um, my thing with college is uh, I hate it. I think uh, higher education is very broken. Um, and like one thing to understand is like I'm a child of Indian immigrants, uh, and so my path to success for them uh, is become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. And so I started out doing petroleum engineering uh, at OU. And I really, really, really hated that. Um, I was like very miserable. But like in high school, I had also started Webster Peace. It was my senior year of high school. Okay. So I was like, I have this idea of like what I want to do, like because I like got hooked on web design in like my junior year of high school. Um, and um, from there, yeah, my parents were like, you have to go to college and you have to do one of these three things. And so I did petroleum engineering, really miserable in that. Switched to industrial engineering in hopes that it would be like somewhat better. Really just like terribly miserable in that. I actually did all my, my calc, my physics, all that stuff. And then like my third year, I was like, I was as at my like lowest point. I was like, this is, this sucks. This cannot be my life where I'm just like doing calc and physics all day and like optimizing business processes. It's just not my, my thing. And like all this time I've been running web streets on the side, but it's like really hard to yeah. do both. Like ha like do these like classes and then also um, do um, run an agency. So my, my third year, I like begged my parents. I was like, "Please let me switch to a finance major." I know that's a joke at OU. That, that I have, I have almost no respect for that program, uh, and um, I knew that I would have more free time to yeah. build my agency, which is what I really wanted to do and where I saw the most fun, and, like had the most fun. Um, and so they let me switch. They were very disappointed. Um, they let me know that, and. Um, yeah, from there I just like I pretty much didn't go to class at because I knew that at OU business school is generally there are exceptions. I've had one great professor, Jeremy Short, um, at OU, but like every other class is a shoeing. You don't have to show up for it. And so I knew I could build Webster piece on the side. So that's what I did, and I just kept like growing it and growing it, trying to teach myself a lot of skills. So I'm like fairly fairly self-taught on anything web dev related. It's, it's interesting in the fact that like my first year at OU, I did have to take programming classes mm -hmm. and they sucked the life and fun out of anything programming related to the point where I was just like, this is the worst. Why would anyone code? Uh, and then I'm realizing now that like, no, actually coding's like a lot of fun. College just ruins everything. I'm very, very strongly opinionated on college. Um, but yeah, I graduated, and that's how I got into tech. I went full-time with my agency, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, so what's funny is the last guest, which depending on how I put these out, it might not be the last guest, it might be the next guest, but one of the guests I had on recently, recently recorded, was Pish Patel from Oklahoma State. Oh, cool. Do you know Pish at all? Uh -huh. Okay, so kind of similar story. Cool. Like, Indian family, uh -huh. grew up, and he mentioned the exact, and I think he might have done the exact same degree. Really? Like, literally, what your story is, he's very similar. Wow, I'll have to go listen to that uh, I need to connect you guys, because yeah. I know you're very uh, tech-related as well. Uh, but like for people listening, like who you know, everyone hears the cliches, right? You know, the Indian family yeah, cliche, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Clearly, it's the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it's not just you know, like yeah. it's not just a joke, right? Yeah. Guys, like yeah. some it, stereotypes you know. are true. Yeah. And exactly. that one is very true. Yeah. Uh, do your brothers and sisters as well? I do, and she's a doctor. Uh, <laughs> so you know, crushing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she's killing it. Yeah. She's like, I think she was chief resident of her program last year. She just she lived in Tulsa for the last few years. Just bought a beautiful home in uh, Deer Creek. Yeah. She's crushing it. Um, Pride of the family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, but I just have the one sister. And okay. so, yeah, she followed the path and she actually likes it, which I think is yes. the exception to the rule. Yes. I think if you like really enjoy something, if you enjoy being a doctor, lawyer, engineer, that makes a lot of sense. 
but I see so much and so often that most people don't enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what like breaks my heart because I know how miserable it can be. Right. And I like don't I don't want that for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so you graduate then with this finance degree, yeah. right? Um, but you're building your you know webs piece on the side. Yep. When does WebSP start making? I mean, say making money while you're in college. Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. so you're not just like to your parents, hey, like I'm not gonna go get a job or an internship. Like I'm, this is making me money. Yeah. It's, it's like fulfilling as well. You yeah, know? my parents are always. What's interesting is the only thing they care about is health insurance. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all they care about. And like when yeah. I told them, I I was like, hey, like I told them, I was like, I'm selling my company to like this like billionaire, and like yeah. they were just like, oh great, is he gonna give you health insurance? <laughs> like that's all. It's Canada. That's I, all. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I've got health insurance. Yeah. Uh, and you um, just have to fly to Canada. for Yeah, it. exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But. Um, they, they were just like, that's all they cared about. Yeah. But in this, like, every year, the company was always growing. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, like, a huge, at the end of the day, like, huge profits, but it was definitely enough to live a good lifestyle in, mm -hmm. in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, as, as you know, the cost of living here is great. amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I kept telling them that. There's not a number in which I think they'll ever be like, sure. e even today, like I could tell them I'm making like $2 million a year or something yeah. like that. And they'd be like, all right, yeah, but what about like four? Like, where's that at? But what about your sister? Yeah, like, she's a doctor, exactly. she's changing lives. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> um, so I give them, I, I, I sound very harsh, but they're actually great parents. Yeah. I just troll them a lot. Well, you have to, right? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and also like, it, it's kind of the way that like, you know, I, I mean, and I, I never, you know, I'm not from here either, but like I didn't go through that. Like my parents are pretty carefree, you know, just whatever makes you happy, go do what you do. And it was yeah. mostly golf, yeah. thankfully. And they're amazing. They were, they were cool. He playing golf coming to the States. To yeah. Play golf. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, you're right. It's that like, yeah, but what about this? Like, oh, oh yeah, you're doing great. And it also kind of spurs you on too, right? It gives yeah. you that like chip on your shoulder that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I am going to prove you wrong. Like, I'm yeah. going to show you that I can oh, dude, lean on my I, two hands. Like, I'm, so my entire MO is chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I just want everyone to think that I'm not going to make it yeah. so I can just prove them wrong. Like, the best thing ever. I don't think it's healthy, but I it works for me. Right. Uh, yeah, it so, gets to a point where you're like, okay, I should probably like. Yeah, I should probably tone down. I should probably like. Bit. I should probably explore that one in therapy a little bit more. But like, yeah, uh, yeah I I I do love a good chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Anyone that thinks I can't do something, I just like, and all of my friends will tell you that. Yeah. It, the way to get me to do something is to tell me I can't. Um, I'm very, very spite motivated. That so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously it's making money. You transition then just to working on it full yeah. time. Um, like what, what time period is this? Like what, what, you know, what, what, what where are we so, at this point? That was, I finished college in 2018. Okay. Um, and 2018 I go, that was December 2018. So 2019, I go full time with it. Okay. Um, Do you have employees at this time? No. And actually, at, at no point did I have employees. I okay. always had four contractors. Yeah. Um, and so I would scale with those guys. Sure. Um, and in a way that that was both good and bad. It was good because I didn't maintain a payroll. Yeah. It was um, bad in the sense that you're also kind of subject to like their availability sure. and things like that. So sometimes like the 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 brunt of it falls on you. Yeah. Uh, as a business owner. But well, and you're still young, right? Like relatively, yeah. like you just graduated. You're still early on in this in in learning how to grow a company and yeah. have employees. And even though like, yeah, you, of course, you know, like of course. you know, and then that whole dynamic of like hiring people who are older than you and like they have you know like providing and all that pressure yeah. as well yeah, yeah, yeah you know even though like in the short term probably looking back you're like okay i probably stunted my growth by me only having yeah you know the yeah contract. I, there's a lot of i i'm of the belief that like um have you heard of the saying like hire hire fast fire fast yeah i like can't do that i'm too squishy mm -hmm. um and so like I'm not going to like if you're giving me your livelihood full time. Yeah. I'm not going to screw you over by like ah, I made a management error. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think I was too conservative on that. Okay. Um, I probably, if I was to do things differently, I probably would have hired some full time employees. Mm -hmm. Not many. 
Yeah. I don't, I also don't believe in this philosophy of like massive companies and big companies. Like, I think that's like a vanity metric. Yeah. I think you can do, one of my friends put it this way. Actually, you, we were just talking about this beforehand um, with Gary Vee. My yeah. friend, one of my friends is like Tyler Babin, his yeah. old videographer. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were talking about this the other day and he was just like, I think there's like amazing value in just having a small team of like assassins that just like get stuff done yeah. rather than a larger team of like, at a certain point, like every, every person I know that runs a company more than a hundred employees, yeah. um, you kind of at a certain point get C players and like, I don't want C players. I want a small team of A players that like I really enjoy and like I really want around me. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I, I'm trying to find there's a video on going going viral at the moment I'm going to say going viral it's being on and off in TikTok and YouTube at the moment and it follows that same thing and it's Joey Diaz maybe and oh, it's yeah. like I, you, yes, just give me three yes. guys so he's right? so, so, so bad and, and like, sent me that okay, yeah. he sent me that's that video, video and that's like, how we yeah. started the conversation yeah, like, yeah, just yeah, give yeah. me three guys and I'll, yeah, and I'll take over the world exactly, or whatever exactly. I think I have it saved somewhere because it's such a good video Yeah, uh, and in his raspy voice as well like, huh. it's just like yeah it's just like and you get the motivational music behind it it just hits different yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is this company's going. You you know you have a, you have a, you're making money. Are these are these clients of yours predominantly Oklahoma City based, or are you on Twitter all the time trying yeah. to find like because obviously Twitter's a huge kind of space. Oh man, Twitter changed my entire career. Yeah. I think if I could attribute one thing to any any success I have in life, it is Twitter. Um, What's that? So here's like I think Oklahoma City is the greatest city in the world. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a very small town, and uh, the opportunities here entrepreneurially can be kind of stunted. I don't know if you... Especially in the web space. Yeah, especially in, like, tech, because, like, imagine where tech is. It's San Francisco, it's L.A., it's New York, it's Toronto. Worldwide. Exactly. Um, But they're, like, all centered in these hubs. Um, And I I love working with Oklahoma City clients, but I also know that there's a certain point at, like... You know, the big agencies have all the oil and gas clients on retainer. You can't really butt into that space. It's also very, like, I'm not a big fan of the agency scene here. I think it's kind of, um, it is not as supportive as I've seen elsewhere. Sure. Um, And so I like Twitter a lot because it can connect you with pretty much any person you've ever met. That's how I landed Chance the Rapper. It was through tweets and and a a cold email. Um, And then same with um, Babin's now working with this comedian, um, Hassan Minaj. Uh And, um, you know, that was also like, I think I I tweeted him. He, um, Hassan went on Gary Vee's podcast a while back, like years ago. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and then I quote tweeted it. And then... Uh, or I, screened, I tweeted a picture of it and then Hassan quote tweeted it yeah. um, and then I like when I cold emailed Hassan I was like hey we've actually had one interaction here's the link yeah. and then like that just like he like remembered that like whenever I like met up with him for the first time he was like yeah I actually do remember that tweet it just like connects you yeah. you can you can meet any person that you want uh, through Twitter and cold email right. that is my very very strong philosophy yeah. Um, Back to what you said earlier about shooting your shot too. Oh man, it's right? a, yeah, it's a thing. Like yeah. you, you got to do it, um, especially here. Like, like I said, opportunities are, can be kind of limited here, but like you find the right people um, uh, or online or whatever, and like you yeah. open those opportunities, like you can crush it. Like, like with you, like you're just like, hey, podcast is a great way to just like meet really cool people yeah. in OKC, and then like also maybe it could like help me on this other thing in the future um, or or right now, and so. Um, yeah, I just think Twitter, I think Twitter has introduced me to a lot. That's how I met Andrew. Yeah. And like, I would not be a Canadian business owner yeah. if I didn't have Twitter because no one would know who I was. Um, right. and, um, I've gotten a lot of business through Twitter. I've like, it's just like social proof in a sure. way. Um, and it's like a way to build an audience. So, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, to answer your question, mainly Oklahoma city clients. Okay. But in 2018, 2019, that started shifting because that's when I started working with Chance. And then that put me on the map with yeah. more people in like the broader web space. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think that it, it started shifting to more um, larger cities, yeah. which is beneficial because it's also larger budgets, larger projects, things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Tell the Chance story. 
because yeah. I mean that's I think that's one of the reasons I, I kind of you came on the radar too was I remember you seeing I remember like either you tweeted something saying I will mm. with Chancellor Apple mm. one day maybe yeah. and then like I when did. you did you like reshared it I was like yeah 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 no way yeah <laughs> so that's cool. one of my favorite things and obviously he was massive you yeah know, like in the album like he just kind of done his own thing right yeah and, and re- released his own music and right. just done it his own way mm-hmm. and 2017 2018 was like that was it right? yeah, right? yeah. I think it was there? yeah I think 20 when 20, everyone listened 20, to that first album that exactly yeah 20, 2018 or 2019 I think is when we started working together yeah um, but yeah I did have a tweet it's like one of my favorite things to do uh, I will tweet people I want to work with yeah and then I very aggressively like I maintain a, a dream clients list on my like, in just like iCloud notes and then I'll just like tweet about it as like social proof that I will get that one day because yeah. I very much so as corny and cringy as it is I do believe in manis- manifestation yeah. I do um, too and yeah I think just like saying putting things in out into the world and saying you'll you'll get it is like obviously you got to put in work but like so i tweeted in 2016 i said i'll work with chance the rapper someday somehow um and 2016 that was like my second year of college um and one of the things that was really new at the time was Snapchat geo filters and so filters that like get set yeah. on like if you're in a brick town you can put the brick town location on um and I started making these for fun just around Oklahoma City. Just like I made the one in Plaza District, I made the one in Bricktown, I made the one, I think there's one downtown, I made Norman's. Really uh, easy to do? No, I'm a terrible designer. <laughs> uh, they're but awful. you understood the tech side. I understood the tech side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was easy to do. Yeah. But oh man, I cringe looking at it now. They're so bad. Um, they're still around? Yeah, yeah. I saw Trey Young <laughs> use it the other day. No one hasn't yeah. no, been updated uh, yet. Yeah, great. no, I, I'm really surprised. Yeah. Um, but the business side of GeoFilters was pretty new. Okay. Um, and so because of that, Snapchat was like wildly discounted. So I could go, chances on tour, I think it was this magnificent coloring world tour or something like that. Um, and I could cover an entire arena with a custom design for $5 a night. And I'm also like beginning in my career, so I'm like kind of broke. Um, and so I'm like $5 a night to like hit 100,000 people, like I'm in. Um, and um, so I just kept doing that. So I designed these. They're so bad. I mean, they're just like awful. Um, but what I would do is I would design them and then I would, I would uh, upload it to Snapchat. They would approve it. And then I tweeted his manager at the time. Um, and I was like, hey, Pat, like, hope tour is going well. Just so you know, I have this like geo filter coming out. Like, I hope you get to see it. And then I would follow up. I think there's a lot of art in, in yeah. following up with people, as I'm sure you know, too. Um, and I would, every night, Snapchat would give me the results of how many people saw it, used it, all that stuff. And so I would just use that as my follow-up method over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and at one point, like, actually after just, like, one or two emails, his manager emailed me, and he was like, hey, this is, like, really cool. And, like, he CC'd the rest of the team, and he was like, what's your story? Like, what's your deal? Like, and, like, what do you want to do? And so um, I just, like, I gave him my, my rundown. And we worked together a little bit that year. We didn't work together in any real official capacity. I never got paid at, that year for it, but it was just fun for me. Um, and then tour ended, and nothing happened. And I was so bummed about it. I was like, damn, I like really fumbled the bag here. I didn't leverage this into any sort of opportunity. Um, at the time, I was also creating geofilters. I never told anyone this, but I was creating geofilters for Chance's nonprofit, Social Works. And they noticed it. And they were like, who is doing these? And I, because I never emailed anyone about it. Because I was like, this is just like, ah, it's, this isn't going to be the way I, I get in. But like that got me into doing stuff with Chance through Social Works, and because I, I emailed them and I was like, "Yo, here's the deal." And so we did some projects together. But then I was like, "This still isn't like Chance, Chance." Um, and like one day, I like kept in touch with their management team throughout. Um, but one day I was like, I was actually in Iceland on on vacation, and I see his manager tweet, um, "I need a Squarespace web designer." to um, work on my new winery site. He like owns a winery called No Fine Print. And I was like, yo, this is, this is all I do. Squarespace web design, that's like how I started my career. Um, and so we worked together on that. And that month was like the start of Chance rolling out 
his like he moved some of the albums to Spotify that weren't previously on Spotify um, and then he also announced that he was working on a new album and I guess at the time I don't really know the rundown of how this worked on the back end I, from my understanding like there was some deal with Squarespace's corporate office to where um, Chance would get access to like a really cool custom website um, and Squarespace's dev team like they, they, he was, the, the dev team was at their like full disposal. Yeah. But like they were like, we need like someone, like a liaison between Chance and Squarespace to make sure that like Chance isn't, like they're not lying about what they're saying um, or, or trying to get away with anything. So like, do you want to do that? And I was like, of course, I'm in. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a month. Um, and then at a certain point, I think like, they asked for more design help. And so what we started doing is like me and my buddy Ben Parker, who lives in Moore, um, he's super talented web designer, web developer. And so we just started designing versions of this, because of, the, the whole thing was an, a relaunch of chancewraps.com, his main website. And so we started designing new versions of that, um, all that stuff. And we would just send it off to Squarespace's team. They didn't like us because we're using a different platform, so it was like kind of tense. Uh, and um, yeah, we just kept working on that. And then like they came to us with another request, and like they had this like web app that Chance has called Rapper Radio, which is like a um, it's intended to get independent artists um, more airtime on the radio. Um, so we built that. Um, and like it actually turned into an actual paid gig, and it was crazy. Uh, and I'm really glad I like stuck with it because it it definitely was the the springboard for my career. It put me on the map for all these other remote gigs. It was a huge social social proof piece, um, and it just gave me credibility. Yeah. Like I was I was still a, like a, a young dumb kid from OKC, but like now I have some proof behind me that like I know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the story. That's so sick. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, just like because you easily could have given up after the geo filter, and it just would have mm -hmm. been a great story. Yeah, right? exactly. Amongst your buddies, hey, we just we just created geo filters for you know let's let's maybe try and do it for other artists, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that you just kind of kept going, and then you know you find the nonprofit, and it's mm -hmm. a no brainer to do it for the nonprofit, right? Yeah. Because that really means something to them. Right, right, right. You know, for uh, you know, I don't know. It's just it's I'm back to just being persistent and working. Like the, that's a, that's so the cool. name of the game, I guess. Yeah. I think across all industries, persistence yeah. wins, follow up wins, just like doing what you say, right. uh, all that stuff really, really matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me then about like the the thing that you did for the restaurants during, during uh, the pandemic. Yeah, so, you know, pandemic rolls around, everyone starts freaking out, things start tightening down. Um, I'm realizing at that time that um, all these all these restaurants are like, they're on the verge of going out of business. And we're seeing like, like even backdoor barbecue, their last day is in two days from now. Mm -hmm. Like they're, the pandemic did not treat a lot of small businesses well. And like, I saw it really hit, hit restaurants. Um, and so one of the things I was thinking about is like, there's not a really clear way on how people can support. You know, there are all these people like, hey, support your local restaurant, but like how? Yeah. Do they have delivery? Are they doing delivery themselves? Do they offer takeout? Do they sell gift cards? Do they sell them online? Like, can I just buy it from the comfort of my couch? Um, and so I put together like, uh, or I hit up a few of my friends, Katie No, Nick Brown, you know, um, uh, Jake Spirek, who actually works at 8020 now. Um, and then oh, I'm forgetting someone, and I'm really gonna be pissed about it. Ben Parker, I think, was involved. Yeah, Ben Parker actually definitely was involved. Um, but we just, we decided to just like a bunch of Oklahomans just uh, culminate this like massive list of restaurants, go through their social media accounts, um, and figure out what are they, like how can people support them? And so um, we called it Oklahomans for Oklahoma. Um, and it was just like a searchable directory. You could choose your favorite type of food, um, filter it. It was a very simple website, um, but it allowed people to quickly find links and like find the way to support the restaurants around them and near them. Um, and it also, we filtered it, allowed them to filter by city and things like that. And I think one of the coolest things we saw come out of that was we made the site clonable for other people. 
and like we saw it pop up in all these other cities. Austin came up with one. They called it the Yalmanac. It was amazing. It was so well designed. Um, and then we saw them in Nashville. We saw them in Germany. Like it was all over. And it was like one of the most like cool things to see because it was like this massive community just coming together to try to figure out how to support their smaller, yeah. smaller communities. So yeah, yeah it was a, it was a really fun project. Um, and I think the site's still up, but like there's not a need for it anymore. Right. But, yeah. That's so cool to do though. I mean, just to get your buddies together and like, hey, we, we have skills. We can put these to work. Like it, it doesn't seem that hard for us to do it, you know, and, and just that sense of we can help them. We should help. Yeah. 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 I think it was just like, um, I'm very, I'm very big on community. Um, especially Oklahoma City. Like, like I said, I think before the podcast started, like greatest city in the world. Like that is, that is my thing. Um, and so it's, it would be a shame to see any, uh, it's, I mean, it always hits hard when any small business goes out of business or any small business is struggling because those are, those are your neighbors. Like, those are people that you probably know. Like, before this podcast, we were talking about people that we knew. Yeah. And it's just like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of small business owners here. And so, um, yeah, you just got to support how you can. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I love it. Um, so, so we fast forward then and we go towards the, you know, you kind of, you, you tweet at Andrew and then that kind of whole yep. thing happens and then you come to an agreement when do you like finally fly to Vancouver, fly, fly to Victoria and you finally meet him? Like, yeah, this is the most interesting thing. Um, that, so I met Andrew for the first time just a few months ago and I've been running 80, <laughs> 20 for two years. Yeah. I celebrated my two year anniversary yesterday actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so there's like Tiny's pretty big. It actually, I don't know if you know any of the brands, but like one of them, do you drink coffee? A little bit, yeah. Um, have you heard of Aeropress? Uh-huh. Aeropress is like a very big, it's like a, a way of making coffee. Okay. And like, um, there's like a lot of uh, companies in here. So like Aeropress is one of them. Okay. And I, I went to Victoria for the first time in March. I went for two weeks. Um, and uh, I told my friends there that are also running tiny companies. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I've never met Andrew. And I was like, actually the last time I talked to him on phone was like, September 2020 like we text every month but like I don't call them yeah. uh, and they were like what like how have you not met this guy uh, and I was like I don't know pandemic like I also just like don't like uh, things are going well yeah. I don't like need a lot of help um, he's in Canada I'm down he's, here yeah, exactly like, yeah. he's two hours behind me like it's just like and he's busy um, and so I met him for the first time in March and he's just like a, he's a very, very delightful person uh, to meet. He's so kind, very generous. He put me up in like the nicest hotel when I went to Victoria. I had a limo waiting for me on arrival. Like he treated me like a, like he also ruined my experience to Victoria because he treated me like a king. And now every time I go back, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I guess I'll have to Airbnb this time. Yeah. Cause I can't, I don't have the resources to foot the bill. Like the black car's not ready. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Black service. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, he was just, I met him this year, and he's just like a, a very warm, uh, and just like a great person to know. He's he's introduced me to a lot of like important people in my life today, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So two years at 80-20, uh, you have a, I mean, you're, a, is it two years that you've had the office downtown? No, I actually just opened that. Okay. In tell me, about, tell me about why you opened an office in downtown, because I mean, yeah, you know, that's, that's obviously the hub of Oklahoma City, but at the same time, like, you probably don't really need space. No, right? I mean it's just me and Jake. Like, yeah, and it's in a it's a thousand square foot space. It's like, an epic spot. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Um, yeah. It so I've been working remote all of my career. Yeah, and I definitely struggle with work life balance. Uh, I work nonstop. Yeah, and to the point where it's like definitely causing burnout and things like that. And it's something that like. I, I think it's the benefit of like really liking what you do, but I think it's also the downside of like, hey, in my my apartment right around the corner, like I can wake up and immediately just like my desk is in my living room. I can just get to work because like uh, I work remotely, and so I'm always online, which is the problem. Um, and that was just getting like really overwhelming. I'm also just like a very uh, generally higher. I'm like more anxious and more stressed than the average person you'd meet. I feel like just on my, just like because of me, I just like don't handle stress well. Um, and, uh, I decided, so like the opportunity came up with 
my friend Josh runs a, another dev agency here that does really great work called Future House. And they were like, hey, we're actually moving to a co-working space. Like, do you want to take over our lease? And I was just like, uh, like maybe like, so I like went and checked out the space and I was like, it's like the same building as like Kitchen 324. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like right on the street, beautiful location. Yeah. And rent was not expensive. And there's like on-site security 24 seven. And there's like uh, cleaners five nights a week. And I was just like, this is, this could be a really nice way of like separating work and life which is like really, really meaningful to me right now. Like I just like, I, I love what I do, but like I just like need the separation. And so I did that and I got the office and like, this is uh, I think the part that surprises the most people. I leave everything there at night. I, I still work an aggressive amount, but I also like, if, if all the fires are going on or if things are going awry, uh, I can just lock the door and then go home to my apartment where that's my space. It's not a workspace. I don't like check emails there. I don't do video calls there. It's just mine. I just hang out with my dog and like have friends over and like I don't have to worry about that stuff. And so um, I love the office. I think it's it was a very, very worthwhile investment. I will keep it for as long as I like, mm-hmm. as long as I can um, and, until we outgrow it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, no regrets on that one. What did your parents think when you like, hey, mom, I have an office now? You know, that was the thing. I like FaceTimed them. Because yeah. um, uh, like in traditional world, having a space is yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like for the, us, it's like, ah, cool, I have an office. But it makes sense where you just explain for my space to be totally different to my home. Yeah. But for our parents, like having a work, your own work office. That's such a great question. Right? It's because, a big deal. Yeah, that's, that's a really great question because I, pre-pandemic, They'd never seen remote work before. They were just like, what is he doing? Like, working from home? Like, what is this? Yeah. Um, and I, I was just like, I was trying to explain to them that like, hey, this is like a real job, but they like don't, they didn't really believe it. Cause unless you're going to an office like them every day, yeah. like it's just like not a real job. Then pandemic happened. My dad went remote, worked from home. And then I think that's when it clicked that like, oh, it was a real job all along. Cause he was like, I can do my job from home too. Yeah. Um, but then I like FaceTimed them like a month ago um, at the office. They, they live really close by, they live in, in Mustang. Um, and, uh, but like we were just like chatting about something and um, they were like, oh, like you got it. Like the office you wanted all along. Cause I've always wanted an office downtown. It's just been a goal of mine. It feels like a tangible like measure of like success. Um, and it feels like a real investment in the city that I love. Um, but yeah, they were, I think it was like that moment they were just like, oh, this is actually a little bit more real. Yeah. I, I feel like at, at a certain point, I don't know what they think now, but we don't talk about work. Uh, and uh, I, they seem very ecstatic about it. And I think yeah. they are very, um, there's just like a cool, it's a cool thing to see. It was just, when the signage went up on the windows, it was like a, such a surreal moment for me yeah. of like, uh, it's just like, oh, wow, this is a real thing. It, even for me, and I've been doing it for, I've been doing agency stuff for seven years, and I was like, it was like that moment that I was like, oh, man. Like, I have a company, and like, I have like 15 or 17 employees, and like, uh, it's just like, it, it clicked there. Yeah. yeah. And, and people walk by the building, and they're like, oh, my gosh, there it is, right? That's, exactly. Like, it's yeah, that my friends will like, send me pictures. Oh, it's of real it. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's kind of the cool side of it. Yeah. But you mentioned um, the one thing, you know, the, the good thing about the office is, like, you can leave everything there and go home and step away. And earlier you mentioned flight school, and, and I know that you ride a motorcycle as well. Are those two things also just, like, what can I do to, or, you know, to get me away and be on my own in my own helmet like, yeah. or up in the sky on my own. Like, exactly. Tell exactly. me about those new hobbies. Yeah, motorcycling I got into, <laughs> I, I think... Um, Assuming mom and dad don't like you. They don't. Oh, motorcycle. man. They, both, both, <laughs> both the motorcycle and the plane, they're yeah. very adamantly against The plane's safer, actually. <laughs> they're quite dangerous, though, in reality. General aviation is, like, quite fatal. Yeah. Uh, like, I tried to get life insurance the other day. It, like, your premium... Most people won't insure you. And if they do, your premium is, like... 10x. Is it like that, was it, a Long Came Polly movie where he's like, risk assessment? Like, what do you do? Yeah, like, exactly. Jumping off buildings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the questions that they ask you at the beginning of the life insurance is like, do you skydive? Yes, I do. Uh, do you rock climb? I don't do that. Do you fly a plane? Yes, I do. Uh, and so they're just like, yeah, you're denied. Um, and, um, yeah, motorcycling, I think, is one of those things that, like, um, 
my parents were very adamantly against it, but I am of the belief in all areas of life. Don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. And so I got it a while back. Um, and, uh, I just like, I don't know. I just like wanted it and I found a, a great bike in Kansas and I was just, um, I, I bought it from a very lovely couple and I've been hooked. I just like, I love motorcycles. I really want to, we were talking about this before the, the episode, cars. Like I really want to get into cars. Okay. I have too many dumb hobbies right now that are uh, take a bit. The thing with resources. bikes and the, the, the good thing with bikes is They're that you can spend, cheap. yes, yeah. you can spend not a lot of money and have like a world-class bike. Exactly. Like, exactly. A friend of mine just got himself a Ducati Pan Panigale. Oh, I love that. Right? Yeah. Like, and the, the culture for me, like a lot of the culture back home is the, is the race bikes. You know, yeah. it's not yeah, the yeah, Harley yeah. Davidson culture it is here. You know, it's the winding there's roads. A big ra- uh, there's a big motorcycle culture in Wales? Yeah, big Really? Time. Yeah, mountain wow. roads, like really cool swimming. Wow. Cool. Some people you might be driving on a mountain road and you think this guy's on a death yeah, race, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure you know the Isle of Man TT race, huh. right? Like that's kind of what it mm-hmm. is back home as well. Uh, but yeah, like the culture here is generally like the fat boy Harley type yeah. culture. What people think of bikes in America, not like the cross rocket like yeah, race bikes. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, a friend of mine just got a bike and I asked him like, how did you pay for it? And he's like, really it wasn't that much, you know, for the equivalent of like what that performance would be in the car world. Exactly. We're talking 10x. Exactly. Exactly. Know? Like you could go spend, you know. Four, three, four hundred thousand dollars on a McLaren. Yeah, and but like the power to weight ratio on a bike. Yeah, like you could also get whoop the, the McLaren. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I mean, it's a. Don't get me wrong; it's a very, very dangerous thing, and yeah. I am. Uh, I would probably advise. I almost. <laughs> I shouldn't say this out loud if anyone of my friends <laughs> listens. I almost definitely died like a couple weeks ago on twenty uh, third. Yeah. Um, actually. No, it was Classen. It was, uh, I turned, no, I turned from Classen onto 23rd. Yeah. And there was a car just like, I just like wasn't looking and I like quickly accelerated. And I was wearing a helmet, but no jacket. Yeah. I was wearing my riding pants to have, have like Kevlar in it in case uh-huh. I slide, but like that's it. And I was going like 50 miles an hour and there was a car parked on the road, just like, just like stationary. And I almost flew into it. I grabbed all the brakes. Yeah. I fishtailed because I don't have ABS on my bike, yeah. which is a dumb decision. But um, I barely made it out of that. Like, I, I, I survived. I didn't lay it down. But, like, wake up call. It was a, oh, man, I was going to dinner with a friend. Yeah. And, like, I showed up to the call, and I'm just, like, <laughs> shaking. Uh, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, motorcycles just been a lot of fun. I really want to pick up a second. I, when I went to Victoria a lot, I just came back from a two-week trip to Victoria. I rented two while I was there. Um, they're just fun. Fun ways to get around. Fun ways to just, like, see a city and, like, embrace it. Um, it's too hot for it here right now. It's just, like, blisteringly hot here. Um, but, yeah, um, same with planes. I got into that a year ago. Um, I've always wanted to be a pilot. I tried to minor it at, at OU, okay. and on the note of college ruin, ruining everything, it's like 50 grand at OU to get your yeah. pilot's license. It's pretty competitive, too, isn't it, to gain the class? Maybe, uh, maybe at OU, yeah. yeah. I, um, I I dropped out immediately after I found out it was 50 grand, because yeah. I was like, I don't have that kind of money. My parents were like, we're not, no, like, no. you're not, we're not paying for that. No. Um, it's not in the three that we suggest. Exactly, like, yeah, exactly. On, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I waited a while until I actually had real income yeah, to like yeah, go yeah. do it. Um, and um, yeah, I think I got into that a year ago. It's been a lot of fun. It's just like you're just like up in the air looking at the city, and like you can you can get like I'll fly from OKC to Tulsa in like 30 minutes or whatever, yeah. and it's just it's fun. And you get to like I'll, when I'm feeling like I really want to celebrate something. Um, I'll rent like the nicer plane from the flight school and we'll just like go somewhere and have dinner and then fly back or something like that. Um, And so, yeah, I hope to finish that up in a couple months. Okay. Um, Get into helicopters after that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I have two previous guests actually. Um, Michael Salazar. Salazar I watched that interview. So Michael... um, Is he a pilot? I didn't... I saw the clip on Uh YouTube that said he was into aviation. Uh He's selling his plane right now actually. Really? Um... Red and silver, good-looking thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, well, it's the exact same thing with Craig, the CFO of Peking uh-huh. that we were talking about before. He's selling, he's selling his thing too yeah. right now. So, so this uh, and he like flies from job to job because they they do oh, a cool. lot of business in they kind of the roofing world. They follow the disasters, right? Yeah. So they drive yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, and then the other guy that you might know 
is Zach Martin, who's in helicopters. Oh, cool. Uh, and he that name of, sounds really familiar. He, a couple of months ago, flew his helicopter into coffee and cars and then pulled it into the car show. That sounds super. With his G-Wagon. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I saw a picture of this. Yes. I saw a picture okay, of this so in Matt. the, are yeah. you in that uh, Facebook group, the cars uh-huh. and coffee? Yeah, 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 I saw a picture of it there. So that's Zach. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, in, cool. He's in commercial real estate. Um, <laughs> he's clearly doing well then. Yeah, well, yeah, drives a crazy McLaren as well, so. Yeah. I, if you want to spend money in cars, I could definitely help you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The car course. culture here is fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Very underrated, but we have some we have some really rare cars here that yeah. no one really knows about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but not to turn this into a car podcast because I could talk about cars forever. Uh-huh. Um, do you have anything fun? Sadly not, no. Same. It's, I like, really want one. My problem is I've been ruined by like my experiences, kind of like that experience you went to Canada for the first time, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. you get to put up in a nice yeah, hotel. I've yeah, driven yeah. some really nice cars. Yeah. And I don't. I would rather save and save and save and get that, yeah. rather than just kind of like buy one here and there. Yeah. Which part of me is like, what no, are you I looking just at? Buy one. I want a uh, Porsche GT3. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Which right now I don't want a new one. I want a 2018, which is still new. But what color? Uh, oh, see, I'm torn because I would like either get one that's like a dark blue, midnight mm. blue kind of mm. navy color. Or go completely off the wall and just get some bright yellow thing sure. that's obnoxious and has a wing and looks stupid. Sure. Um, but the issue is I've driven one and like uh, now I know what it feels like. Yeah, of course. I don't want anything else. Once you get a taste that. of it, you can't yeah. go back. And even on the used market now, they're one hundred eighty to two hundred twenty thousand dollars. You mm. know, which is like. I'm a car guy and I'm a man, so it's like, yeah, it's just another house yeah. payment, right? I can just Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. My wife is right. like, that's not happening because she does not get cars <laughs> at all. Uh, but one of the things I, I kind of like, uh, just in my notes that we've been talking now, I, um, the things I love, like you just mentioned, is, you know, you, you're obviously clearly, um, you clearly, you're very aware of like, I might be working too much. I mm-hmm. need to create a space mm-hmm. that I can get away. And also, like, it seems like what you mentioned earlier is you might rent a plane and go to out for dinner. Like, you celebrate your goals. Occasionally. I don't yeah. think I do a great job at it. Okay. Um, but you a big goal setter in general, though? Do you have, like... You know, that's it's interesting. It's shifted uh, as of late. I, I think I used to be a, a lot more... Um, I don't know. Actually, that's a great question. I do have both personal and professional goals. Uh-huh. I probably should write them down more and like, cause like to remember it, like right. I'll do certain things. Like I'll have cards on my desk as a reminder of like what I'm like working towards, but like I don't do that enough. And then when I hit the goals, it's like one of these things that like, I, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. You like hit a goal and you're just like, ah, damn, what's next? Yeah. And it like kind of like messes with you. You're just like, ah, I didn't think that would come the way it did or as fast as it did and so it like it kind of throws me off um and i don't i don't celebrate it well um but like sometimes i'll be like it's the same reason like i don't do time off very well um which is something i'm trying to get better at because i do think like from a company perspective if the leader never takes days off it's hard for employees to think they can take a day off yeah um and so I'm trying to trying to fix that, but yeah, yeah I'd like to get better at that. Uh, are you, are you good at celebrating? No, terrible at y- it. Yeah, it's, just, it's hard. Well, and it's I think what happened for me was like I'm around people who are more like I try and you know you you the whole like be around five people or whatever yeah, that, that yeah, whole thing sure, right sure. And you know you have access to these people, and you see their successes, and you always there's always something else, right? There's yeah. always something more. And you being around Andrew and you know yeah. Chance the Rapper and all these guys, like you've seen what's possible. Yeah. And even though like what you're doing is great, you know that there's more within you. Oh man, right? Hundred. That's so, so real. So you're just yeah. like. Yeah, you're like, I know, and that's what makes it, but not bad. But when you get, when you arrive to that goal that you set, yeah, it's just a stepping stone, right? Yeah. Just a step on the ladder, not like this is it. I have arrived. Yeah. I sold my company. I made it. Yeah, like yeah, now yeah. I'm gonna go and whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's you know there's not there's more to life, right? Yeah. So I think it's it's healthy to be like, especially when I look at look at Andrew. Andrew's life is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'm like both very like I admire it and I like I want to get I when you're around people that are very successful like it makes me want to be successful yeah but I'm also 
very self-aware that I'm the person that compares myself to others. Sure. And comparison is a thief of joy. Yes. And especially in the age range thing too. Yeah. Because I found that like I, oh, you know, man, you, comp- you so compare real. with people, right? And you're like, yeah, but they're ten years down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, like that. That's my like subconscious. I need to rein it back. Yeah. You know, for me, like I want to do this or I want to travel there, and I'm like, yeah, but these guys are doing it, but they've yeah. been working for 10, 20 I mean, years. I mean, it know? goes back to Gary Vee's thing of patience. Yeah. And like, there's so much runway mm-hmm. that like most people just never clock and they're like ah my life's done I like what's the point of hitting that goal what's the point of pursuing it and I like I've been really trying to sound myself out of that um mindset because I do compare myself a lot I'm like ah but like look at them look at their lifestyle yeah and like look at my sister she's crushing it yeah exactly (laughs) uh and it it is Two things can be true. You can you can want more for yourself and believe that you have more in the tank, which I, I definitely think that of myself. Um, but also, you should be proud of the moment that you're in, like what you've accomplished so far. But like, ultimately, I'm just bad at celebrating that. Yeah, stuff. it'll be like my birthday if I like fly somewhere for fun. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So to that point, then, what did you do anything when you sold your company? I went to therapy immediately. <laughs> uh, that's not, it's both a joke and not yeah. a joke. It was like two months after that. Okay. I, uh, and um, that just like helped a lot. It helped clarify it. I like to still go. It clarifies so much of yeah. like my, because I'm like someone that like very much so strives for professional goals. Okay. And like, but like understanding like work life my work I didn't think at all about work life balance until sure. I started going to therapy and I was just like oh wow like yeah I should probably think about this some more and like oh yeah like I'm probably burned out and yeah. like um, and like oh wow the pressures of this job like now I have a board of directors and investors that I didn't have before and I'm no longer just responsible to myself I'm responsible to a le- much larger group of people okay and also if I make a bad decision and it costs the company money like I have employees that like I'm giving paychecks to and it's like their livelihoods on the line. Okay. It's just more pressure. So, so it was, it was not, you know, it, it was a point of, you know, like for lack of a better term, oh, yeah. Like now I'm taking over this company. I've sold my company, but I'm taking over 8020. Yeah. I need to f- surround myself with better people, but also like I need to clear my mind. I need well. to, and, uh, of course. Okay. So my mind sense. is always full of turbulence. And yeah. so I'm just like, I got to get to a point of like, I can think clearly, I can write clearly, I can articulate my thoughts clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I do a lot of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it all makes sense. Like, you know, I. It's funny, first thing, you know, like the first thing you do is go to therapy, yeah. but explaining it makes so much sense because of the weight that's now been put on your shoulders. Yeah, like, oh, I've sold yeah. my company, life's great. Well, it is, but also, like, now I have a legit responsibility exactly. and employees and board of directors and all this exactly. stuff. Um, finishing up, I want to talk about uh, travel. Mm-hmm. You seem to love to travel quite a bit. I do. Um, I really am liking Victoria a lot. Yeah. I would... Um, does your love for Oklahoma City like stop you from moving there, or would you move? That is something I've been asking myself in two in the last two weeks. Yeah. I'm the biggest. I'll go every to every single place. And be like Oklahoma City is the greatest city in the world. It could be London. It could yeah. be Iceland. It could be Victoria. I tell it to every person I met in Victoria, yeah. and they're just like, "Why?" And I like articulate it as best I can. But I also am like, man, it's like 65 degrees in Victoria right now, and it's like sweltering hot. I mean, today it's a little bit cooler, but like, yeah. um, or I can go, like, I'm, I'm, the thing of, since my company is headquartered in Victoria, and since every other company is headquartered there, I have such a big community there. Mm. Um, and so I would never move there permanently. Um, but I, I, I would move there for one to three months at a time okay. uh, and spend nine months here because I really love it here. I have so many yeah. friends here. My entire family, uh, most of my family. June, here. July, and August. You June, mean? July, August. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just like, let me spend. You're not the, the only person that does that. Yeah, yeah. The cooler months. Let me spend it somewhere a little bit. Uh, right. or the, sorry, the hotter months. Let me spend it somewhere a little bit cooler. Yeah. And so I do love traveling. Uh, one of my goals is like, I'd like to be able to buy, not like. Not like your friend, the one you just mentioned that has a helicopter in the yeah. G wagon, the McLaren, but like a small like Cessna, yeah, or, uh, and like fly myself around places. Mm-hmm. That's like and my dog too. Yeah. That's like my ultimate dream. It'd be like the guy from uh, what was that Tom Cruise movie? Where he's flying back, flying drugs back and forth from uh, Colombia. 
was that movie? I don't Mina, so. Arkansas. He had a small plane too. He's a pilot. Yeah. One of Tom Cruise's typical cheesy movies. Yeah. True story as well. Oh, really? Yeah, but just a plane that's not like obnoxiously, this is a jet. Yeah, it's, it's not millions exactly, every year. Exactly. Like some of you fly your It's like a nice car. The cost yes. of a nice car. Uh-huh. Um, and Four or five seats, plenty of room exactly, for you and the dog. Exactly. Yeah. Just like put the dog back there, some luggage, and like be able, if I want to fly to, I really love Denver. Okay. So Denver, Colorado Springs, that area. What's the flight time to Denver from here? Uh, an hour, hour and a half. It's so much better than driving. Like. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and right? I mean, Dallas is like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no traffic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like one of my, one of my big goals, but yeah, I, I love traveling. I don't think, um, I've never lived anywhere else. Okay. Uh, you have that experience though. You, yeah. Have you lived anywhere outside of, not, uh, but not since I know, not since I moved here. I think having at least one experience of living somewhere else is important. I'm yeah. starting to shift my perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm, if you had met me just a year ago, I would have been like, nah, never, ever, ever moving anywhere else. Yeah. And now I'm like, maybe two months in another city is like a important thing. Yeah. I don't think you have to live in, my like personal take is you don't have to live in a city for a year to get the sense of it. Yeah. I think you can stay there for like one to three months mm-hmm. and like really, really, like like in Victoria, like Victoria is, I guess, a unique example since I know people there, but like it feels like OKC for me yeah. because I know people. Like I was on my motorcycle, I was like putting my helmet on, on just like a street downtown. Yeah. And someone goes, Matt V. Or I was like walking into a co-working space and they're like, I know you. And I was like, I know you. And then it was just like, we were just like, oh, we follow each other on social. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's like a small town vibe there. And so, That's cool. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll move like for um, again a max of three months legally I can only stay for six right so like there's like I would get there in a lot that. of trouble but um, yeah I think the, I think the summer months yeah. it's just too hot right here right now it's blistering hot yeah though, which yeah. sucks because it's golf season when it's hot yeah <laughs> which I can't complain because my wife would kill me <laughs> uh, complaining that I'm playing golf in the sun um, what dog do you have he is a half lab, half pit. Okay. Um, I got him from, so one of my very first clients was Ninth Street Barking Lot right down the street. I don't know what the yeah. point uh-huh. But, um, yeah, he, so Kyle, Kyle is, like, one of my best friends today. He owns Ninth Street. Um, and I, like, I never had a dog growing up. Okay. Um, my parents, again, my parents were very against it. Um, and Any animals at all? No, none. Um, I begged for one as a kid in middle school. Because, like, here's a goldfish. It's going to last three weeks. Actually, we did. Oh, yeah, you're right. We didn't, have, we didn't have a goldfish. That was like the, the compromise. Yeah. And they definitely didn't last. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but Kyle was like, I think he was my, fir- my first or second ever client. And um, I like walked in after like a year of working with him. And I was like, I really think I want a dog. And he was like, why don't you foster this one that I'm fostering right now? Like, he stays here. He lives here at the daycare yeah. o- overnight. And he was like, he's like a good, good dog. He's like a year old. Um, and so I did, I took it to my parents' house and they were very scared at first. Cause my mom is like, um, my mom will never listen to this podcast. So I can actually, I'm not even going to say it. Uh, well, and even the word pit. Exactly. She like, that's what it is. She yeah. has heard from her coworkers, which she very much so believes is like yeah. the truth. And she like, thinks the dog's got a gold chain. It's going to chew her arm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so she was like, I'm terrified. Now she's like, can you please bring him over? Like, or like, I'll go out of town. She's like, please like, let me watch him. Like, yeah. and so he loves going over there he gets spoiled. And, uh, yeah. 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 Big foodie as well or not? Um, you know, Oklahoma City's food scene is actually really good, and I yeah. feel like I'm not taking advantage of it. So I'd say no. Okay. I'd like to be better. Like, have you been to Nunsuch? I'm actually going Thursday. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. cool. I'm uh, not paying for it, thankfully. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they reached yeah, out course. to me and were like, hey, we're doing a new summer menu. Would you like to come try it? Oh, I love that. Yes, I would. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's save a, me that $150. A nice yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, there's places like Nunsuch or like Teller's uh-huh. right down the street from the office in First National. Um, or there's like, do you see that new ho- hotel that opened up in Bricktown? Uh, yeah, the Renaissance. Re- yeah, yeah. yeah there's like an yeah. amazing restaurant there too. Okay. Now. I'm not. Yeah. I sh- I should be a better foodie. Like my go-to spots are always Waffle Champ and Nashford. Like those are like okay. those are the ones. No, um, like culturally foods that keep that just remind you of home or whatever. Not home, but like I mean, did Mom ever cook? And my, the, the I mean, if I'm go? getting Indian food, I'm going to my my yeah. parents' house because my my mom's love language is making food for other people. Love and that. so if I just say I like want. Food. She'll yeah. just like, uh, I should take her up on that way more often than I do. But, um, no, I, I, uh, not, not really. I'm like Nashford waffle champ, 
Cajun King is like my underground go-to that like people kind of hate me for, but like I'm like not. This place is amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, you just don't have time for it yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah that makes um, sense. But um, yeah, one of my Indian friends got super offended um, because in the UK, like we do the best Indian. Oh, of course, right? UK crushes. So I told her that there's a thing back home called curry half and half, mm-hmm. and it's half rice and half fries or half chips, uh-huh. right? So you'll just have you either curry with rice or you have a curry half and half. Mm-hmm. So here, nobody knows what half and half is, mm-hmm. right? So I go to Shish Mahal, uh-huh. get course, the food there, spot. yeah, get curry and rice there. And then the only place that you can guarantee great fries is McDonald's. Right? Okay. So I hit McDonald's, get a large fry on the way home. Okay. And then that's my half and half. Wow. And she was so offended, right? <laughs> and so every time I go now, I just text her a picture of the McDonald's uh-huh. and just, I mean, she's, she's a good friend now, so we get, you know, I get away with it. But she's like, same thing. My, you need, my, my mom needs to come and, you know, she needs to cook for you so you can understand real, authentic Indian food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, great. But she's like, don't even mention the word McDonald's. I will hate <laughs> you. So that was really cool. I've never heard of that. Maybe I'll have to try it. Curry half and I'll half. Have to, I'll yeah. have to live in New York. Next time you go to London, just say I'll have curry half. Okay. Curry, rice, and chips. Cool. You know, and then, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's so good. But, yeah. mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, man, it's been so fun for me. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming down. I really appreciate it. Uh, for people listening, uh, tell me your Twitter handle. Where, where can they find you? Sure, I'm at Matt Varro on everything. Okay. Twitter, Instagram. I'll LinkedIn. link that in yeah. the description. And for people listening, we will catch you next episode. Cheers. See ya. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.